Welcome back to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. My name is John Melton. I'm Donnie Whiteman. And we are two Bronco enthusiasts who love talking about Broncos. We love working on Broncos. We love all things about the Ford Bronco. So we started, hey, we just said, hey, why don't we start a start a little podcast about the Ford Bronco. And today it's uh, it's going to be a fun episode. We're talking about the suspension on the Gen 1 and on the Gen 6 Bronco. We're going to talk about why we hate the Bronco 2. We're going to be talking about uh, you know the if, if a suspension will void your warranty on a Gen 6. We're going to get into some Bronco history talking about the beginnings of the suspension on the Ford Bronco. <laughs> you just went you just went right right there, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> Shock value. More hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome back. How's it going, Donnie? Awesome, man. Great week. Busy another, week. Another another great week Bronco in around the Bronco shop. Building Broncos. Yeah. Live, living the dream, man. Yeah, it's awesome. It gets it gets better every week. Yeah, for sure. But it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> work is still work. Yeah. Whether yeah. you love it or not, it's still work. Well, at least I, you, we like what we're working on. Totally. That makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, before we go on, I've noticed uh, we kind of skipped through, you know, we started the podcast and have missed talking about a couple events. So I wanted to go back in time um, a little bit and talk about the uh, Bronco Super Celebration that happened in September of 22 uh, in Colorado. And um, not not going to spend a ton of time talking about it, but uh, it's a really cool event, um, the, the Super Celebration. I didn't go this last year, but I went in 21. Um, and it's definitely one of those events that Bronco owners should get out and, and enjoy. Um, because I, you know, I've heard some people are like, Oh, I don't really like the Tennessee Bronco event. People just kind of sit in a field all day, which I personally, I love and think is fantastic. Um, you get to catch up with all your old friends, but the, uh, Colorado event is way, it feels way different. Um, and it's because you've got, I mean, just these epic trails that are all around. So you've got people who come in and literally get in their Bronco, get in a line to go on one of these trail rides, and then you're gone the whole day. And then you go, you know, have dinner somewhere, go back to your Airbnb, come back the next day and do it all over again, you know. So um, it's definitely a different feel from the Tennessee Bronco event, uh, the Tennessee Bronco driver um, super celebration. But, man, I mean, Bronco driver puts on a fantastic event, and uh, I wanted to make sure that we made mention of the Colorado super celebration. One day we'll get out there. Um Maybe Donnie and I will go out there and interview some of you guys um, at, at the event and talk about your Broncos and stuff like that. But really cool event, um, and uh, can't say can't say enough good things about it. But do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, yeah, we're building a truck for a guy in Colorado, and uh, he picked up all kinds of parts at the event. Oh, nice! Yeah, he picked up a roll cage. He picked. He, he's gonna, I guess, drive it all the way to Nashville. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was amazed at. It like at Townsend when I went to that event here, um, you know the amount of trucks that were there, uh, manufacturers that came and they bring you know if you order your stuff ahead of time, 
they'll actually load it up and take it to the event to you. And that's kind of a big deal. You yeah. know, as expensive as shipping is. Yeah. It can really save you a lot of money if you ship your stuff to the event for sure. Yeah. People buy part used parts. I saw half yeah. cabs for sale, like just the roof. I yeah. saw whole trucks for sale, project trucks. I mean, it was it was really cool. Yeah. I think we've talked about Super Celebration East or the Tennessee one um, before on the podcast. But, yeah, that's that's where it kind of it started with Bronco Driver there out of Knoxville or something like that. And so um, doing the event, you know, was natural for them. And it just kept growing to the point where it was like, man, we should do this other places. Um and but part of the Tennessee event is you go on these epic drives as well, just through the Tennessee Smoky Mountains. Um, and uh, those are fun. But, yeah, it's definitely more of a car show type of feel where a lot of people are hanging out at the uh, at their Broncos. A lot of people are, you know, just kind of mingling and, and hanging out with each other, going to the vendor tents and and that kind of thing, which is so cool. You know, it's like, man, all Broncos all day, you know, and. You just get to hang out. Um, I think what's really different about the event, though, is that at a car show, a lot of people just park their car and it doesn't move. But at these events, the I, the aisles are really wide yeah. and people are in them. Drive, they're driving. The event's so big. <laughs> they're taking their Broncos and driving them around. They're coming. They're going. So yeah. there's Broncos just meandering around all day long within the event. Yeah. So to hear them running around and driving and Seeing the guy that has the all wood bodied Bronco in yes, Woody. Yeah. There's Bronco golf carts going all over the place. I mean, yeah. it's it's fun. Yeah, the cherry or the cherry wood Bronco. <laughs> that one. Man, yeah. amazing. And the cool thing is, you know, they like with the Tennessee event, they break it up uh with your club. So the Tennessee club, the Georgia Bronco club, you know, the there's a club that I wish I could be a part of, the second gen kin. Um, which is oh, the yeah. second generation Bronco guys. Um, and uh, those guys are super cool. I mean, seeing a row of 78, 79 Broncos, it's like, ah, oh, this is amazing. And it's just, it continues to grow. And even the six, six gen guys are all, all showing up. And um, so it's, it's really cool seeing, uh, seeing all the Broncos at that event. And I'm excited for Tennessee this April um, broncodriver.com is where you can go look at the, the events. But in, in, uh, April is the Tennessee, uh, super celebration. And I'm excited to see how many Broncos come out, um, with the first gens, you know, gaining in popularity, but also I feel like all these third, fourth, fifth generation, you know, the, what do they call OBS Bronco? And it's like, it, it's just getting more and more popular. And, uh, yeah, it's just cool seeing all of the Broncos around and, and all of that. So excited for, uh, excited for April's Bronco super celebration and wanted to give a shout out to the September Bronco super celebration. If you're in the West coast area, that's definitely the event you want to check out, um, is uh, Bronco super celebration, Colorado. What's been going on in your world? Well, I've been playing with my Gen 6. And when <laughs> I'm not working on Gen 1s that don't run, <laughs> that don't move because they're on a fixture or whatever, um, I'm really enjoying the Gen 6 truck. I, I wanted to really put it through its paces before Ian got it and did all the work he was going to do to it on his four-wheeler show, which is the lift kit, that top, big 37-inch wheels and tires. Um, and uh, so I, I've been hauling stuff with it. I put a hitch on it. I'm hauling cars on trailers. We hauled really? Ju- 
Yeah, and um, <laughs> we'll haul your car on a trailer, your Bronco, yeah. actually. And uh, but um, yeah, so I drove it. I wanted to had to go to Atlanta, so um, I thought, why not? I'll just go from Nashville to Atlanta in it. I'll go up and over the mountain pass, which is yep. Highway sixty five, and at the very top, it's Sewanee, Tennessee, and then you come down, and it's pretty high speed. It's like a race course, and. <laughs> I've gotten my mother-in-law sick on that before yeah, yeah. driving too fast through the mountains and yep. uh, she won't ride with me anymore. But so yeah, I was driving the truck pretty hard. And it was awesome. I, I just, I didn't feel like I was in a, a, a four wheel drive Bronco with 35 inch tires and stock, the gas shocks and everything. It just cornered so well. I was looked down, I was doing 75 and 80 and, uh, was not at any time. Didn't feel like it was diving or shifting weight or doing anything weird. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. And with that transmission, you step on it and it'll downshift and go like mm-hmm. that was the thing that surprised me was I might've been going more than 80 and I would step on it and it would just still like, oh, you yeah. know, and it would just take off and I'm looked down. I'm like, Oh, 110. Okay. That's a little too fast. You know, that was my concern, uh, when I got the truck was that that 2.7 liter turbo, you know, I think 2.7 liter, I'm not thinking a huge engine here. Right. And uh, it feels like a lot more, but it has 325 horsepower, 400 foot pounds of torque. Yep. And it feels like a V8. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm super impressed. And I actually, I know people, there's lovers and haters of that transmission. And I absolutely love it. It's smooth. It is. It's, I like counting it going through the gears, you know, like <laughs> yeah. is that five, six, seven, you know, yeah. it's just so smooth. And I will even say I've taken, uh, you know, taken the Broncos, the new ones, the G6 off road. And it's like, man, even going, you know, off road, it makes it, they've made it so that it still, you feel like you have a lot of power, even though it is just, you know, the, the smaller 2.7 liter engine, like it's not a huge, you know, V8, but just how they have everything set up, the gearing, the, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't, you, you don't feel the lack on many, um, many of the, the obstacles that I went on. Obviously there's bigger stuff that you definitely want something big and burly, but I, I didn't, I haven't gone on any of that stuff in the, in the six gen Bronco. So I've really liked it. Surprisingly, even towing a Bronco an early Bronco on a trailer with this two door, um, I don't feel like I'm lacking power. Uh, I'm kind of surprised, but the, uh, when you hit the brakes, <laughs> that's when you know you're in a two door <laughs> and the tails wagging the dog and, uh, it, you know, probably not the best tow vehicle, but it's capable. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I'm going to do it until I get another dually, but, right. um, in the interim, I'm having fun just testing it at everything. Haven't yeah. been fully off road in it yet, but that's coming. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. You'll get some body damage and, you know. <laughs> Then some pins, yeah, extra some pinstriping. Pin yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> and I know everyone who uh, didn't buy a Bronco because it didn't have a good tow capacity is hating on us right now. Like, what? You're only you you can't tow. Blah 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 blah. It is true. The the recommended uh, tow weight. If you have two people in the Bronco with a hard top, it's like 300 pounds. <laughs> so we don't uh, we don't recommend that you go into a lot of vehicles. That's not what we're saying, but 
we've done it because we need to do official testing. That's right. Uh, for the shop. And we have for, to validate yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it is, uh, that's super cool. Well, I knew we weren't going to have a podcast and not have some unfavorable responses to some <laughs> of the things we say. And I don't know who said it on the show, but someone was uh, disparaging the Bronco too. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that was me. That was you. Okay. Thought maybe it was somebody else. But uh, yeah, we we uh, will have some probably not content on the Bronco too. But no. we're not going to completely leave it out. I feel like it's the the Bronco two and the Bronco Sport are like. The Broncos' baby brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the uh, what it was at the Mustang too. Yeah, they're just <laughs> like toddling around. The you Farrah know. Fawcett Mustang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite, but I will say I do have some fun mem- memories in a Bronco too. One of my buddies had one in high school, and uh, he had I think he had thirty fives on it, which is way too much tire for that. Wow. Yes, like, and I think it was like an eighty eight or something. You know, Bronco too, and. Oh my gosh, it was scary to drive for sure. But we lived in the same na- same neighborhood, and so we'd you know he would pick me up from school sometimes, and we'd we'd go home together, or like he'd drop me off at home and riding around in that thing, splashing through puddles, taking it off road. It was fun, fun little Bronco too. But yeah, it's definitely uh, not not the not the same caliber of Bronco as it's the same caliber in name. But not the same well, caliber. And, and they're actually, people are digging them out of the woods and everything. Yeah, we true. just saw one that went for $26,000. I don't remember if it had like 40,000 or 50,000 miles on it, but it was bone stock and mint. Bronco 2. Yeah. Man, I guess anything <laughs> with a 4x4 four four badge right now is going, going crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. So. For those of you who've been giving us hate for the Bronco 2, we don't care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, just digging we, another hole. <laughs> we, uh, we, won't, we won't hate too bad on the Bronco 2, but uh, we're, we'll focus more on Gen 1 through 6 Broncos. And uh, we, we got to get through, you know, like we gotta, we're getting through the history of the Bronco. And so we'll throw it in there some here and there. But um, when, it, when it comes out, when it hits the market, we'll talk about it as we're going through the history of the Bronco through this. But before we get into history, let's talk my favorite part of this segment, DIY or PAY. You guys going to do it yourself or you're going to pay someone to do it. And today we're talking about all things suspension, uh, which is super important if you're Gen 1 through Gen 6. Um, and I wanted to break up this this segment into three different parts here so it would be easy for us to think about it. So when you're thinking about suspension, you want to think about, one, what am I going to do with it? You know, like what what is what am I going to do with my Bronco? Do I want like a uh, hardcore rock crawler? Is it mainly going to be a pavement princess? Is it, you know, going to live most of its life in the garage? Is it going to, you know, what am I going to do with it? So that's going to be thing number one to think about. Thing number two, how do I want it to look? Which is where most people go. And I would say that's probably not the first place you should go. You should think first, what am I going to do with it? Uh, And then three, how do I want it to ride? So when we're thinking, what am I going to do with it? Like 
the thing that you want to think about is uh, if you want a rock crawler, then paying for a rock crawler is a lot more expensive than just getting a five inch lift, you know, like, um, even though if you get a five inch lift, you're probably going to take it off road, but some people don't. I I feel like suspension is a place not to go cheap, especially in the springs and the shocks, because that's what you're going to feel every time you go down the road and you hit a bump or, uh, and I, I like just flying over bumps, like speed bumps or three on the way out of the parking lot and I don't slow down at all. I, the truck just kind of sucks them up. It's really awesome. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's a big, big point. But, um, if you get a softer suspension and you, especially on a generation one, uh, Bronco, when you start really going soft with your suspension, that's when you get a lot of body roll and these old Broncos are top heavy. And so, you know, you start having this soft suspension and you start cruising down the back roads and you feel the Bronco lean and you feel, you know, it's like, whoa, like, and, uh, right now I, I have a fairly soft suspension. And, uh, if I take off from a stoplight turning left and gun it, you know, it's like, like, I don't think I'm pulling a wheelie yet, but it feels like it's getting pretty close. You know, that, that front left tire is getting pretty light. Um, and so that's another thing you got to think about with your suspension is sway bars. Um, and if you go too soft, then you'll want to add in a sway bar on a classic Bronco, um, take some of the body roll off. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that sway bar, how it works is it just pushes the, the opposite tire down of whatever's, you know, lifting up. Um, and so that's a, that's a good thing to, uh, to look into if you want to go off road occasionally, but, and you want something soft, but when it's on the road, you want it to hug the ground a little bit more and be a little bit more stiff. Uh, a sway bar is a good one to look into, but when we're talking about lift options, you know, talking about body lift versus suspension lift, um, do you have any thoughts about what, what is better? What, why would you go with, you know, body versus suspension? Yeah, a body lift is easy. Yeah. You know, we have eight body mounts on the truck and you know, a lot of the trucks that come in here, um, will have literally two inch square tubing, three inch pieces cut and there'll be eight of them underneath the truck and they just drill and put longer bolts in really? and they literally raises the body two inches and, uh, gives them the look, the stance that they want. Uh, no, they didn't change the suspension or anything, and it's it's rigid, but they're still these two-inch blocks, if you will, um, are bolted. You know, you've got your body mount sitting on there, so it does give it more leverage on the body mounts, and you wear them out really fast. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, a body mount or body lift is an okay way to go for a look, but what I don't like on the early Bronco is when you put a body lift on, it separates the bumper from the body because the bumper is actually tied to the frame. So you're, you're, you know, separating the frame from the body, uh, with a body lift and that bumper stays down. So, you know, people are like, Oh, you can't even tell the difference, but you look at that, you look at that bumper and that gap between the body and the frame, but you're seeing them more on more, you know, more around because to fit a coyote engine, under the engine bay of an early Bronco. I think you have to have a two inch body lift. Well, we have, we have both our trucks parked right at the front door here. And, uh, yours is 
just as big as mine. You're on 33s and I'm on 37s. I'm on 35s. Oh, you're on 35s. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Two and um, a half inch, two and a half inch suspension left, one inch body left. And I was going to ask you, what do you have on your truck? Yeah. Yeah. So I have the Tom's off-road um, suspension lift and uh, one inch body lift. So that, and that was, I didn't, so with a generation one, as soon as you go uh, to three and a half inches of suspension lift, then you have to start changing things under. Then you're looking at new drive shafts. You're looking at new brake lines. You're looking at um, new you know, parking brake cables. New parking brake <laughs> yeah. cables. Yeah, you're things looking at you don't a lot think of, about totally when you're just like, oh, I want bigger tires. You aren't thinking about all this other stuff. So you have to think about that. To under two and a half inches of lift, you're fine. But as soon as you go over two and a half, when you get three, three and a half, and five, you know, then you're looking at changing out, swapping out a lot more parts than just what comes in that suspension kit. So that's why I went two and a half inches of lift and a one inch body lift. That kind of takes care of that. So I recently have had three people tell me their parking brakes don't. Oh yeah, don't work. I look underneath the truck, and the truck's lifted. You know, and you look underneath, it's like, well, they didn't buy longer parking brake cables, so they just disconnected them because they don't reach anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't reach the drum, and uh, it's like, well, this is why your brakes aren't working. Yeah. No, mine, I pulled mine out. I actually pulled mine out when I did my roll cage um, and just never put them back, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. It's not uncommon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, final kind of thing, how I want it to ride. So we talked about, you know, what, what will I do with it? What, how much you're going to take it off-road, on-road, depends on how much you want to spend, how you want it to look. You can achieve the same look um, with a body lift and not go with a suspension lift, um, but it's a, it's a different kind of thing. You don't get the benefits of a suspension lift when you're taking it off-road uh, with a body lift. So um, you want to be aware of that. Um, and how do you want it to ride? You know, you, you really... If you want a soft uh, ride like what we talked about, or do you want a more stiff ride like a like a car? Um, those kinds of things play into what kind of suspension that you should get. What I really like is a soft, squishy ride. I really like the Baja look, you yeah. know, the wide, deep dish rims with the fat tires and um, a soft, squishy ride. Like I want to be able to jump over stuff. Yeah. Um, so... That's what really appeals to me. I, one of my goals is to take the first gen when we finish it up to the dunes up in western Michigan and uh, let all you know, ton of air out of the tires and just go climbing around on all the dunes. It's been a, it's a bucket list thing for me. So um, I just like that whole era and the whole look of the seventies, eighties. Yeah. You know, off road. So um, that's kind of my stance. Yep. What I want to do with it. How I think I want it to ride. And then, uh, but we went really a different direction with the Gen 6. So uh, working with Icon, Ian was able to um, basically put on his show, install, show how to install this Stage 7 kit that they have. Yeah, if you don't know, uh, Donnie's talking about his Gen 6 that Ian Johnson um, took and put a lift, uh, did it, well, just put put it on their uh, four-wheeler show on Motor Trend. Um, and uh, so it was pretty cool because Donnie got to have his Bronco on the show and and Ian did all this stuff to it. So yeah, talk about what what all what all did he do? So 
primarily the, I think the biggest change, um, well, one of them was, was the suspension kit. That's primarily what was the focus in, uh, the, uh, the icon, uh, vehicle dynamics kit, um, is a hundred percent bolt on kit, no really? fabrication required, no cutting, no welding. No, wow. the whole thing fits within every location mount or anything that, uh, Ford has on the Bronco. So that's cool. I, could take it all off and put the Bilsteins with the remote reservoirs right back on. But I'll be honest, it rides just as good as it did before. It's, it's all of those things I talked about that I like. Um, and, uh, I don't feel like I sacrificed anything, you know, going up two inches in tire size. And then this kit can go two to three inches. It, you know, you adjust the coils all the way. Uh, you know, it's almost a full five inches. So, uh, and it rides great. I mean, yeah. you, you've ridden in it. You know, yeah. we've ridden all over the place in it, and uh, it didn't doesn't have any bad habits or nothing squirrely. So it's really an amazing kit. And if you want to see more on that, you just go to iconvehicledynamics.com, and they have several different kits. They yeah. have anywhere from three thousand to ten thousand dollars, and uh, they have CNC billet components. Uh, this is a beautiful kit too. You can see the whole thing between the wheel and the Inside the fender. And like you said, it, it drives great. And that's a good example of, you know, what what are you going to do with it? Because you could achieve a lot of the same height from a puck lift on, on the Gen 6, but it's not going to be nearly as capable off-road. And it's not going to be the kind of thing that you, you know, it's going to be the thing that uh, the guy that, brakes his you know steering rack and his <laughs> tires are pointed opposite directions because he you know just put a puck lift on his shocks and took it on the a trail and beat it up and so now your bronco is way more capable off-road um and uh and can handle you know going through the blasting through the dunes or or doing whatever um whatever you're going to do with it uh in the future so yeah it's it it's definitely that question of what are you first determining what you're going to do with it mm -hmm. um and then determining okay with that what do i need you well, know and there's usually trade-offs you know yeah. like well if you're going to do this or that you're going to have some character or mannerism you don't like about it but on on these icon kits i mean they've got it so figured out got it all scienced out they um it has 11 and a half inches of travel in the front and 14 inches of travel in the back wow and and they'll even tell you it will ride better than stock. I mean, the, yeah. the shocks are so impressive. The reservoirs are larger, the valvings improved. Um, yeah, I was really expecting it to feel like, you know, Bigfoot and it really doesn't. It's just as good or better than the stock Bronco with the stock 35 inch tires. That's crazy. Well, definitely a cool, uh, cool build be on the lookout for when that show airs, uh, with Donnie, it's, or an, not, no, with, not Donnie, with me with Ian <laughs> on four wheeler on motor trend. Um, it's, uh, it'll come out at some point. I, I think it'll probably come out towards the end of the year, but, um, yeah, we're not exactly sure when that, when that episode will come out, but be on the lookout for it. So as far as suspension goes, John, do you have like, you're building another truck. Are you going to build the suspension the same? You've got a, a, a brand new reproduction steel body, and your YouTube channel, you're talking about, hey, I'm building this. The goal is to go through the whole process with you and my viewer, and then I'm going to flip it at the end. What suspension package do you have planned for that truck? 
Yeah, so that kind of leads into our parts corner. Um, uh, we'll jump into that really quick because my part for uh, the parts corner is actually the Tom's Off-Road Suspension Kit. Um, and that is what I'm putting on that truck uh, as I'm building it. Um, in my garage, I did a two and a half inch lift on that as well. Um, and same kind of thing. Like I wanted to keep, you know, I didn't, even though I'm building you know, everything, even though I, it's like all new stuff. Like I have to put new drive shafts under there. I have to do all this. I really like the stance of my truck. I like the height of my truck. Um, and so I'm going to do a two and a half inch lift with a one inch body lift on that one as well, because it's the kind of the best of both worlds, right? It's not like a crazy, uh, suspension lift and it's not, uh, the huge two inch, I think a two inch body lift is pretty huge, but it's not that. And so, um, uh, and that suspension lift from Tom's, it comes with an 11 pack, uh, rear leaf kit, which I think, you know, even though you were saying it's, it's kind of uh, the more leaves it has, the harder it is. It, this, this one actually is way softer than my stock one that was on the Bronco with the two inch block in the back. Um, and that could have been cause my stock, leafs were all worn out, but this one has a nice, you know, just spring to it. Um, and then I have the Bilstein shocks and the progressive coils up front and those progressive coils, what they do is it starts off a little bit softer and it has a certain spot that when it gets to, then it stiffens up. Um, mm -hmm. and so that way that initial ride isn't as hard um, but then it hits that point where it will stiffen up. And so, yeah, you were even saying that icon kit has three triple stop. rate. Oh, yeah. geez, that's crazy. Well, yeah. So that's my, uh, that's my parts, parts corner part is the, uh, Tom's off-road suspension kit. It's a $1,100, I think with the Bilstein shocks, um, comes with, you know, shocks, springs, um, the hardware that you need, the uh, leaf springs in the back, and it's a it's a good kit. Definitely one to pick up at an event if you're going to order it and have it have them bring it to the event because shipping on it is a lot in Tennessee from Oregon. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I like I like that kit. Keep it in parts corner. What's your uh, what's your part oh, for today? My part's actually a tool. I even oh. brought it here. I wanted to show it to you. So. <laughs> It's a, we call it the finger file in the shop because it looks like I'm pointing my finger at you, <laughs> but it's probably six inches long. It's got a three eighths belt on it. So it's like a belt sander, yeah. but it, it's actually called an air belt sander because it's, you know, it's pneumatic. Yep. So we just hook it up to the compressor. This one's made by Onyx, um, O-N-Y-X. And I think we just found it on the internet and Amazon probably delivered yeah. it. But, we'll, we'll find a link, put one in there. But I can't tell you this belt that's on it is kind of key. This is purple, and it's a 3M product. Um, it's called a Cubitron belt, and uh, you know you can recognize them because they're bright purple. Yeah. And uh, these last like ten times longer than the belts you can buy at the inexpensive stores. And uh, it's kind of hard to you, you aren't going to find a 3/8 belt for one of these tools at the hardware store like Lowe's or Home Depot. So yeah. you go online, but. Uh, the second thing that makes us so awesome is are the three M belts. Yeah. So anyway, Man, I, cho I chose cool. a tool this time. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. Cause how many times I've been like, Oh man, how am I going to sand, you know, in this little crack or like whatever it is, like get a sander in there or anything like that. So that's really cool. I, 
Well, when you're, you know, when you do have places that you have to drill and fill, do a plug weld, this thing will take the metal down and flat to the rest of the panel as fast or faster than a grinding wheel. Wow. Like a three and a half inch grinding wheel. It's amazing. So, uh, you would think, oh, it's not really going to do much, but uh, you, you don't want to buy a really cheap one. This one we found was kind of middle of the road. Um, I think the model number is 3036. Yeah, nice. That thing's super cool. Well, uh, that's your that's your parts corner for today uh, because we're Bronco guys. We're car guys. We buy a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so we always want to give you guys a little taste of uh, the parts or the things that Donnie and I have around the shop, have around our shops, and uh, or we're putting on our Broncos, or we're installing, and uh, and uh, yeah, so that's super cool. I'm going to have to pick up one of those little belt sanders, because now I want one. Add it to my Christmas list. Well, moving on, got a little Bronco history coming in. Tell us... Uh, where, what, do we, what have we talked about so far? We've talked about um, them designing the Bronco, marketing the Bronco. Um, Inception, like yeah. yeah, all of that. And then we talked about that the first 200 or so, the first year of the Bronco was co-built sort of, or yeah. prototypes were built by the Bud Company. And uh, now it just seems fitting that we would talk about some of the engineering aspect on, well, what decisions did they make? Because there were things they had to decide on. What was the wheelbase going to be? Mm-hmm. What was... Uh, the clearance going to be under the truck, how, you know, what capability or features were important to the consumer. And it's kind of funny, Ford had a team that went out and interviewed um, Jeep owners and scout owners um, discreetly. They didn't want them to know they were from Ford to find (laughs) out what they liked and didn't like and what would they add to their truck if they could. And that one of the things that was top was um, just the being able to drive it at 60 miles an hour drive it. Wow. Yeah. And, and maybe go around a corner, you know, while you're going fast, you know, so just general comfort. And, um, it's kind of cool because uh, at this point we got to talk about Paul Axelrod, um, who was really the, not only a, like a head engineer, but he was the guy that had to work with everyone to bring this whole project together. And ironically, he's the guy that was in the testing grounds out in Arizona and they had, you know, a Jeep and a Scout, and it rolled the Scout. They were doing, right. like, side-hilling, <laughs> you know, to see how the Bronco compared. I mean, imagine this high-level engineer and executive rolling the truck, breaks his oh collarbone. He actually uh, gets knocked out. Oh, my God. And um, <laughs> there's a story in the book it talks about. He was with one of the German engineers. He goes, Paul, are you still with us? You know, like, are you dead? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so... Paul is instrumental in in the first gen Bronco. And uh, he did things like submit articles uh, to ASE, which is the Automotive Society of Engineers and uh, Popular Science. And uh, so they were like releasing information approved, I'm sure, by the marketing department and the lawyers. And sure. uh, they were trying to like, hey, we're coming out with something really special here. And um I think one of the neatest things about the truck and one of the biggest changes um, was the decision. They had like eight different configurations of wheelbase and they had to figure out which one to go with. Wow. And uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But one of the big changes they made was, I mean, it's it's pretty short. It's 96-inch wheelbase, yeah. uh, an AC Cobra, if you're familiar with that, a yeah. Ford racing car um, or Shelby. 
it was 90 inches. Wow. So this thing isn't really a whole lot longer. Um, wow. But I think one of the biggest changes in the four-wheel drive market at that time was this coil sprung front axle where they did away with the two leaf springs in the front, like mm-hmm. you see in the back of the truck, which eliminated being able to turn tight because the wheels turned so far and then they would hit the front part of the spring. If they turn too far oh, the other yeah. way, the wheel hits the back part of the spring. So the only way to make it turn tighter is to bring those two leaf springs closer together, which meant that the truck would have a lot more body roll. Mm-hmm. So to eliminate that, it's like, okay, now it turns tighter, but the leaf springs are really close together. We're going to have to put stiffer springs under it. So there were always trade-offs like, well, now we can turn tighter, but now it really rides like a, you know, I don't know super, what. Super, yeah, like a brick. Uh, yeah. it's <laughs> No suspension. Worse than before instead of better. Yeah. Whereas Ford did away with the two leaf springs and the shackles that make it so you can't climb over something in front of you. It mm-hmm. changes what you call your approach angle, which yeah. I'm going to ask you about here in a minute. Yeah. So the springs allowed it to turn way tighter, like 50% tighter wow. than the competition. Um, it also gave it a much softer ride because you can do so much more with the coil spring. The axle articulates better. It's softer. So it was a huge departure from what was available on the market. But then you could drive it at highway speeds comfortably. The springs and shocks worked so well together. Yeah. Um, and then it did this thing. It had less anti-dive than any other vehicle on the market. So when you turn the wheel, the truck didn't want to like turn more and dive into the corner. So there were all these benefits to that. Um, pretty, pretty big change. Yeah. That's, that, that's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, I think we talked about, uh, the Jeep and the Scout were the two biggest competitors and both of those were axle sprung or uh, leaf sprung, um, front ends, mm-hmm. uh, there back in the day. So that is interesting. So Paul's group released a, uh, they said, we've got eight of these. This is the one we're going to pick. It has the best approach angle, breakover angle, and departure angle. And I want you to explain that. I think you do a really good job. Yeah. I mean, um, according to the internet, uh, approach <laughs> angle is the maximum angle uh, of a ramp onto which a vehicle can climb from a horizontal plane without interference. So approach angle is really important when you're coming up talking about any kind of off-road because you want a better approach angle so that you're not just banging your front end on everything. Um, but you can, you know, achieve that appro- a, a better approach angle by bringing the front tire forward closer to the front of the vehicle. Um, but back in the day, yeah, what they were running into was the leaf spring would actually stick out and so even though their bumper may not have been uh, super far away, it was like you still had a terrible approach angle because as soon as, you know, your your bumper was like right above the leaf spring. So, um, you know, you, you see those early uh, 60s, what is it, the CJ with the leaf spring, and it's like, oh, yeah, you totally see, you know, you're going to hit that leaf spring on, shackle on everything when you try to take it off-road. So it's like that's that's one of those things that you have to change uh, pretty early on. And then departure angle is basically the same thing, but the back end. So when you're going over an obstacle and your tire is dropping down, you don't want to bang your bumper on every, you know, rock that – uh, you just crawled over, and so you want a better departure angle. 
Um, and so it's, you know, how far the angle of how far, at what point does your bumper hit, you know, stick out, uh, from your, from your tires and then breakover angle is, you know, kind of the middle, um, as the internet says, it's the maximum possible supplementary angle that a vehicle with at least one forward wheel and one rear wheel can drive over without the apex of that angle touching any point of the vehicle other than the wheel. I think an easy way to understand breakover angle is if there was a tree downed across the road, you know, and it's two foot in diameter and you're like, there's no way. Well, if you have enough ground clearance under the middle of your truck, you have good breakover angle and you can climb over it without bottoming out in the middle. Yeah. And then if you've got a, say in the rear departure angle, if you've got a giant hitch sticking out, that's going to ruin your departure angle because it's going to get caught or hung up. So yeah, those angles are really important. Yeah. Well guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the podcast today. Uh, that one went a little bit long cause there's so much to talk about with suspension. There's so much to talk about. Um, and even the history, you know, why they chose the suspension that they did. Um, but, uh, definitely we wanted to just thank you guys for sticking around. And if you have any questions or comments, hit us up questions at the We will see you on the next broadcast. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the broadcast. We want to thank our sponsors, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Bronco parts and ARP automotive racing products. We also want to give a special thanks to our technical producer, Josh Toller. We couldn't do this without him. And the music you heard today is from Adam Nitty, bass player extraordinaire. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on The Broncast.